0: Welcome to the Wildlands, I'm Matt and I'm David and on today's episode we'll be talking about firearm safety and hunter's education as well as
1: off-road motorcycles for the off-road adventure seeker and make sure to stay tuned till the end of the episode where we'll give you our insight on our product of the day.
0: So let's jump right into it.
1: All right so topic number one today is brought to you by Little River Polyculture where you're sure to find a delicious variety of microgreens and baby greens for all your meal prep needs.
0: All right. So if we jump in right into topic number one, which is firearm safety and hunter's education. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at like, I mean, this is something that pretty much touches base on everyone who is either an avid or or a brand new to the game of hunting. It really, it's, it's, you know. It's the starting point. It's the baseline. It's the, the
1: foundation of, you know, a long and successful hunting career.
0: Exactly. Um, you know, whoa. whoa. <laughs> phone's so- going on, on vibrate <laughs> mode right now. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, definitely like when we look into this whole, you know, firearm safety and hunter's education. I mean, our experience is what we have in New Brunswick. Yeah. Um, and i mean there is obviously different types of hunters education that can be given in different provinces all depending on the variations of animals that you guys are allowed hunting now i mean i believe like in my honest opinion i believe that it's mainly canadian let's say like a lot of the the hunters education the the you know the etiquette and the the way that we are taught i think it it pretty much not transcends but moves on to the next province quite, quite fluidly. I think it's, it's, it's mainly the same kind of thing there.
1: I don't, I, I, we actually have one of our friends right now that, uh, has just informed me he's from Ontario and he has informed me that he has just recently passed his hunter education. Uh, I would be curious to compare notes with him. Uh, if the borders can ever open, I know he's talking about coming down here fishing with us. Um, but it would be something interesting I'm pretty sure like you say that it must be pretty close across the board uh, in the Canadian wise uh, provinces and territories. Uh, but it would be interesting to see, and again, like uh, we mentioned on a previous episode that they introduced the uh, wild Turkey hunt in New Brunswick for the first time, which entitled, yeah, which entitled you know its own little course because it was not in the original one that we took. Um, I'm curious to know now, will it be a new course all the time or will the, like not a new course, but would it be something that I will have to take if ever I get my license? No, actually, sorry. We have to take it before we apply. So, but all new, everybody new to taking the hunter education course. I'm I, I didn't see anything in there saying that the Turkey section was going to be added. So that's, you know. That would probably be main differences, I would say, Uh, you know, whether you're hunting whitetail or mule deer or elk or moose or bear or whatnot, um, I'm guessing your your big game is probably all the same. You probably have different varieties for, like I said, turkey. I'm seeing probably something for uh, pheasant hunting with dogs. I'm saying there's probably something in there uh, for that, which is something we do not have in New Brunswick, so I cannot give my 100 percent on that uh there's nothing in there yeah there's nothing on the, in there funny enough there's nothing in there for like waterfowl yeah you know there uh, is well, no actual course
0: right no there isn't anything about waterfowl and i have a feeling i somewhat have a feeling that due to the fact that waterfowl hunting is federal federal than yeah that's what it is then yep. it falls into a different type of category. Since provincial, since the Hunter Education course that we have in New Brunswick is based out of the provincial laws that we have. That's right. Not necessarily the federal laws that are across the board, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But uh, right. no, like really in, in terms of, you know, why we brought this subject up is is mainly uh, to, you know, kind of get your input, in, uh, your guys's input in this as well, but also to give our kind of like our two cents on the fact that do we feel like it covers the entire enough? basis yeah exactly yeah. when we take the course did we feel like it was enough do we feel like there could be more uh, and do we feel like it is sufficient enough what we are taught to say that a person leaving that course is validly you know capable safe. <laughs> yeah capable and safe and everything of the sort now the reason we put both of these together firearm safety and hunter's education is is on a general basis when you do sign up for these, you do get both of them at the same time on the same weekend. Yeah, uh, I don't know that's for you, Matt, If you did, that's yeah, that's that's, that's here in New Brunswick. I don't know you, Matt. If it was both in the same weekend, I know sometimes yes. you could do one separate from the other. But
1: well, that's it because see, like if you want your firearm safety to go competition shooting, and you're not going to do the hunting part, you can get the the hunter uh, the firearm safety only. Uh, which entitles you to get your your firearms license, your possession acquisition. Uh, you can be a, a member of a shooting range, like we talked into the the episode, the previous episode. Um, but you do not need the hunter education part. Uh, but again, on like I say, I don't think I know anybody that has ever taken the firearms only. I know it's they call it like part A and part B type thing. Uh, at one point, I remember you being able to challenge uh, one of the two. I, I don't remember which one of the two you could challenge. I think it might have been the hunter safety. You could not challenge the firearm safety, I believe.
0: I'm not 100% sure. That, that yeah. is actually a good question that I'd like to check into. But I believe, if I'm not mistaken, for either or, whichever one it is valid for, uh, was if your birth date was prior to 83, if I'm not mistaken
1: if you're born before 81
0: 81 okay yeah, yeah there's
1: something there uh it's irrelevant for both of us yeah uh and i honestly have not seen anybody that it actually did uh, make a difference first of all because even the people that i know that were born before 81 all have their hunter safety education course anyway meaning that i didn't i know no one that has that exemption
0: yeah but uh no definitely like if we look into let's say we look into the firearm safety course now like when we say do we want it do we think it is enough and do we think that they give enough do we think that uh, there could be more added to it uh so on and so forth i personally like let's let's just let's look into each of our opinions on this mhm and like let's say in my my initial opinion on this i do feel at a certain point yes there is enough well there is a lot of information that is given I don't know if in a certain sense there's just too much information given that you lose the interest of those that are listening Um, not necessarily in the fact that like okay they show us different types of firearms and and different types of ammunition uh, and how each ammunition functions and and, you know there's, there's obviously the quiz and everything like that but I believe in a certain sense that the, the modern, I I don't know how I would say that the modernity, I would guess, like how recent the items that they show us is almost irrelevant to what we'll actually be using. So therefore I find that at that point, that's where it lacks a bit of the experience that some people will have because we are moving ahead so fast in the type of firearms that are available. And the type of technology that is available in those types of firearms, that what they are showing us, I believe, is just too outdated uh, in terms of manipulation or how to, you know, manipulate or handle the type of firearms that they're showing us. I find that those are, I mean, those are those are firearms that date from like the 50s and 60s, like yeah. what they showed me. They're, they're, there's no new semi, you know, pump action semis and stuff like that. It, they didn't show us any of that. I mean... I think that's where it lacks.
1: When I took it, there was, there was you know, like a a, a bolt action, a break open, a pump action, and a semi-automatic rifle there. And to kind of differentiate everything between that. Um, I feel like the information, uh, you know, how to identify your, your caliber and how to, you know, make sure that it's safe and pointed in the right direction. And, you know, safety-wise, I feel like it covers a lot of it. My biggest issue with the hunter safety course is that everyone passes at the end of the weekend. Yeah, you know what I mean. I have a well, big problem with that. You mean the
0: firearm safety course or the, the yeah hunters both education? both yeah
1: everybody passes.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah it's it's kind of like it's, you have it's a given.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're you're there. You're paying. You're paying for the course. If everybody passes, why stay there all weekend? Just give them, you know. They can sit there and not listen, and they're still gonna pass, which I find a bit un- like you know not right. I've brought this up many times uh, to different people, and I I feel like I know when I took an example. It- it's not the hunter safety, and it's not the firearms uh, safety course, but it was the restricted arms course, um, which is you know the the pistol course. Um, I had I had people in there that I really believe should not have had a restricted firearms license. and And some of them were in there to pass the course to be able to apply for a job in security that they were going to need to have a pistol on them. Okay. And at the end of the weekend, I still believe they should not have passed that course. <laughs> okay. But... Uh, you know, that's, I'm not the instructor. I'm not, I have nothing to do with that. But let's just say that I think it should have, they should have failed.
0: At a certain point, there should be a little bit of a harsher or let's say stricter type of evaluation that you exactly. do, Uh, through the teacher and student. Um, Obviously, I've, I mean, when I took my course, there was obviously there were children that were in the course. Oh, and I say children, uh, yeah. I mean they were of minimum age, <laughs> young adults, still young adults. Yeah, but I mean even then and there, I just feel like the the maturity that was involved in the course vis a vis those that were you know adults going for it. Uh, there was a huge you know gap in between you know the two of us. Yeah, and I and I'm all for youth hunters exactly you know it's just a hundred percent
1: it's just that if they're not ready for it or if they're not taught right right away you're just starting off like we mentioned in the last one as well you're starting off with bad habits so if you ask me the hunter education course and the firearm safety course show good practices they give good information some of it yes is dated back a little too far you know but when it comes down to it a firearm if you're loading it with the right cartridge with the right you know shell you are pointing it in a safe direction at all times whether whatever firearm you have it's still generally the same thing now i one last thing that i believe should be brought into those is an actual range day
0: yes I was was about to mention that too. After
1: all that is done with an instructor there, you should have to fire off, whether it be a twenty-two or a twenty-two two hundred and fifty. You know, I'm not talking about a thirty-three seventy-eight, whether it be magnum for your first rifle. You know what I mean? I'm talking about something with reasonable, you know, recoil and and everything else. I believe that that should be added in there. Yeah, I would like I would to even know say, if, like any... if they go with
0: a 10 or a 12.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, even a shotgun, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I, I think that they should have that. I would be very curious to know if any other provinces in Canada do that or even if any state uh, does that because I wish that New Brunswick would. My kids are growing up. When they come of age, I will be practicing with them myself they will know like I did growing up uh, when I got to the hunter education course at the minimum age to be able to take it. I pretty much knew everything in there before. My father had drilled that into me beforehand, which was not a bad thing. Uh, I was always safe, but I had already shot as well. But some people in there had first time ever seen, touching, handling a firearm or going out with never having shot one. I I really wish and I think that they should add that in there. If anybody out there can confirm that their state or province does that in the hunter education course, I would really like to hear it.
0: Yeah. And and again, this falls a little bit also into the certain sense of what I had mentioned in the last episode where I was saying, you know, I know that there are of these and, you know, you mentioned in Ontario and I know that in the States it's very popular, uh, but centers that allow you to, let's say, rent, you go there and it's a, it's a firing range and uh, you're capable of trying or testing a variety of different types of firearms. And once again, like this, this again kind of falls into the sense of, well, these centers, if they did exist, could also be an ideal area to give your firearms course, uh, firearm safety course and your hunter's education. Because in the same sense, like you said, you know, they would have a range day right yeah and exactly. they would be able to do that at that place and and at the discretion or at the the you know the instructor or the student could choose which type of firearm they wish to be able to use if it'd be a 22 or if it'd be a you know a 30 a 30 or a 10 or a you know yeah or whatever yeah and it, it would give them that that reality check on the the this force, is serious. the yep. proper handling, and the kickback of what that type of firearm is. And at the same time, it also may give them an idea of if you're more of an adult and in look, and you're looking for your, your pal, well, at the same time, you'll be able to say like, okay, well, uh, I'm looking for this type of animal. And then the instructor could say, okay, well, you'll need at least a minimum this caliber. Okay, well, I'll try that. And then here you go, you know, and you'd get an idea and you say like, yep. That's what it does as a type of recoil. And already, your mindset is this is what it does. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And if we look into the hunter's education, for me, I feel the hunter's education is so outdated. I, oh I mean, yeah. When I when, <laughs> I when I when I didn't like the, they had hunter's education prior to the firearm safety. Okay. And uh, I mean, it's two instructors, two different instructors, and hats off to the person that that did the you know, that was the teacher that day, but it was so outdated. It was like, it's old information. It's important information. If ever anything happens to you, how to identify different types of, you know, crown land, private land, so on and so forth. Yep. But I mean, when it came to the safety and first aid section of it, in case anything ever happened in terms of injury or anything of the sort, what to do, how to get out, how to signal, so on and so forth. I'm just like, man this is like really outdated info like we got things now like yeah we talked about prior to the spot spot you know yeah, the spot not system, everybody has system. that
1: but i mean it's there it should be mentioned
0: it's there it should be mentioned he had no idea what that was and yep, it's it exactly. already been implemented for many many years this is mm-hmm. not something that you know you step aside by uh there are you know methods of doing things that are just like you know well you know it's not necessarily like that anymore but the one thing
1: the one thing i i take back from it was and and a funny one and i found it funny for like to learn this and and in the hunter's education course i mean i'm yet to encounter this situation and it was actually one of the things that they made you practice in there I understand that it's it's all relevant to pointing the firearm in the safe direction, but it was it was how to cross a fence with a firearm. To me, you got to unload it, put it down, put it, you know, pointing at a 45 degree angle away, you got to step back, cross the fence, come back, grab the firearm, you got to recheck it, make sure that everything's okay.
0: Well, you have to push it under the fence.
1: You have to push it under the fence exactly, and then at a 45 degree angle away, you got to cross 3 feet behind. You know, and once you you get it, you have to prove your firearm again, which is, you know, point in a safe direction, verify, you know, remove the cartridges, uh, prove, observe the chamber, verify the feeding path, and examine the bore, which is the abbreviation for prove. But you just did all that while you unloaded your firearm safely, put it under the fence, cross the fence, and have to do it all over again. And everybody in the course had to, practice that one move and okay it is to to just get used to 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 the whole operation of a firearm but like i say in all the years i've been out there i have never had to cross a fence ever (laughs) you know it is i found it a waste of time in the entire course but hey it is what it is
0: most times there's a gate (laughs) on yeah that's another option but anyway (laughs) anyway if you're if you're crossing over the fence beside a gate, you got a problem. <laughs> <That's> right? <laughs> you no know, no. But I'm just saying like, like you
1: say. I think the course is outdated. Uh, to yeah, a certain there are po- on certain points. On certain points. Um, yeah. And that's where it's up to us and like you know hunting hunting enthusiasts, hunting professionals, hunting guides, outfitters, and that to to maybe get more involved in your local in your local areas, in your local, you know, uh, ministers, like for us, our, our outdoor ministers are our, our natural resource minister. Maybe we could get involved with him and say, look, it's time you update this, this stuff, you know? Yeah. And maybe, you know, if, if you're anywhere else in Canada or the States or anywhere across the world saying, you know, my son has just taken the course or my daughter's just taken the course and she told me about it. And, uh, these things are outdated. Well, you know, let's let's put our input in there and try to change the trend.
0: Yep. Definitely. And and actually something that I would be kind of curious to is that those that have youths youths I have yeah, a hard, hard word to that, say. I know, I've been having yeah. to say
1: that a little bit lately with <laughs> another project I'm working on and youth, yeah. doesn't, come youth. <laughs> doesn't come out
0: good. Doesn't come out good. No, it doesn't. Uh those that do have, you know, the younger generation that do go through the or that they have put their their child, I'd say their young adult there you go. Through this course, I would actually be, you know, curious to know what did they retain uh, out of these courses and if in, in reality did they retain enough to actually say that they properly know how to handle and safely handle a firearm and also how to, you know, the proper etiquette for hunting in terms of hunting education
1: and also did you kind of give your 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 son or daughter a a pre course like what what my father did even before I was you know I was always out there with him anyway and I was learning this stuff before I went to take the course or are is there people like you know i i have a hard time imagining somebody a a young person going into hunting education course or getting into hunting that has not had it in their family. Yet, my father was exactly that. He got into hunting with, you know, his father not really hunting and fishing. He did like fishing a little bit. But, you know, he
0: got into it completely like on his own, which you don't hear that very often. Yeah. Yeah, this, this could actually be kind of like a survey. Actually, I think we could do a survey on on our Facebook page and have you guys answer and give us your input on whether or not you were, let's say whether or not each individual were self-taught or were taught prior to doing your courses, as well as if you do have young adults that are taking the course or that have taken the course, if you have, or if you've had the time to be able to show them prior to them taking the course, uh, you know the knowledge that you have, or you know if you have not. I'd also be uh, kind of interested in knowing like what what those individuals retained from those courses. That'd be interesting. Yep. We could do that. That'd be yep. a, that'd be we'll, a pretty
1: cool poll. We'll have that up on the poll
0: for sure. Definitely. All right. So with that said, I don't know if you have anything else you want to add into this. Uh,
1: no, really, right now, what I think uh, where we'll leave this one, and we might touch base on it again, is we'll leave it kind of open now, and, and maybe collect some information, and maybe put something together with what we would add, and what things that we might not be thinking of that we would add into the course, and what would be important, and we'll uh, we'll make another episode on that. Yeah, definitely. And you know actually, what? I agree even, with that. Even like contact local uh, local. DNR officers or something, and try to see what we can get an
0: opinion there on. Definitely, actually, if we could even maybe get an interview with somebody, that would be pretty cool too. I know, I know can... a few. Yeah, I I know if I well, I mean, I know of one person that they could definitely go for the hunter hunter's education, but it'd be actually like you said, it'd be pretty interesting since we open the debate on it uh, to be able to get you know more information on this and kind of get their input as as well as through those that give the course, uh, see what they think about it. And that that would be actually pretty good uh, good material for one of our for an upcoming episode. Sure, I'd be down. Now, for episode uh, for topic number two. Sorry, I was going to say episode two, but for topic number two, topic number two is sponsored by West End Sports, northeastern New Brunswick's five star Yamaha dealer, where you are sure to find something that revs your heart. And in topic number two, we are talking about what are we talking about, Matt? Off-road motorcycles for the off-road adventure seeker.
1: I mean, it it's perfect for our sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and this was actually decided uh, in in a funny way <laughs> of you being interested in yeah. getting into this.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, me going uh, you like, know, hey, you text- Matt, what's your, your yeah. You texted this me this,
1: this afternoon uh, because you know I uh, I used to in my in my younger days. Uh, youth, used to, yeah, in my youth, yeah, <laughs> I used to, I used to race motocross, uh, yep. on these, these two wheeled adventure, you know, adrenaline rush machines. Yeah, uh, no, no you, I used there's to There's a good race... backstory
0: to that, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I used to race motocross, uh, you know, when I was 14, 15 years old and, uh, I've missed it since then, uh older body and, and, you know, work and kids and actual responsibilities kind of sometimes take a change your, your course of things, but motocross and like racing is only one part of it. Um, like what you're looking to and getting into is, is something that's interesting. Uh, you know, we talk about hunting and fishing a lot all the time and there's so much other things you can do outdoors. And I mean, especially that. I've done it. You have an interest in it. That's why we decided to talk about this one.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, you have you have uh, enduro. Well, which is what I was kind of looking into. Which, in my opinion, is kind of like the the off road challenging kind of just you know long distance. You know, adventure traveling and adventure. Yeah, and what I I enjoy about that type of like I mean obviously we're not. We're not too, we're, we're both getting into the age where things are starting to hurt. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be somebody that's going to go like, hey, let's go hit a 20 foot kicker or anything like that. Like there's, there's no oh, yeah. way, <laughs> there's no way that I, I'll be able to land in one piece. Um, I'll probably, well, I'll land in one piece, but I'll probably just stop the bike Feel it there. for a and, week. <laughs> yeah. Stop the bike there and then have somebody come pick me up. But, I mean, apart from that, like me, I could, I would say that this really spawns spawns from my ideal of saying, well, you know, I was looking at a side-by-side at one point. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I go, well, you go for a side-by-side. Yes, a side-by-side is very interesting. It's got all its nicks and nacks and everything mm-hmm. that you want to have. But then again, you have, you know, You have availability of them right now. Right now, just availability is... crazy. uh, It's crazy. You cannot... There's like two-year waiting periods for this thing. Higher price. Higher. You have triple the price. True. And more. And more if you're looking for something different. So you're looking at triple the price. Availability is just non-existent. Larger. Larger. You larger know, so you therefore need trailer you're looking to pull. At trailers yeah that's it yeah exactly and then on top of that you need a specific size trailer so if you're looking into kind of like a sport or like a, a very you know a turbo style a lot of times you're looking at 72 inch spread a uh, wheelbase spread otherwise if you're looking for you know smaller models you're looking at a 64 inch wheel uh wheelbase spread uh not all trailers can accommodate this type of you know uh, width um I mean, there's a trailer here that, uh, like I said, I was missing half inch. I was at 71.5. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no.
0: And I wouldn't have been able to fit the model that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And, and then and afterwards, yeah, go yeah,
1: ahead. No, but, and, you know, the the what's nice with the, uh, like we were talking about off-road motorcycles, in my opinion, is that, you know, you you get to, I, I actually see a few people out there here uh, that are going out fishing and they got their rod on a rod holder, like strapped across their back, and they're they're out on on motorcycles, which I find very interesting as well. Kind of fun, you know. You can get into small places. They're yeah, lightweight. Well, they're not the hard on gas. They're you can't ask you know, for better. Mm-hmm, no, it, personally, uh, I really since you talked about this this afternoon, I was quite interested.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But another line. to me, like I'm I I look at it as versatility. And when I say enduro, it's because you really, you're, you're pushing it. You're, you're giving yourself a challenge. It's a full body workout. Oh, of course. I've, I've got a lot of my, my buddies that I work with that they do enduro. They don't, like, they, they swear by it. They say it's just, it's, they spend, they sold all their four wheelers and they said, look, we just do enduro because it's so much fun. Like, you're really pushing yourself and you're hurting everywhere when you get back. But, uh, to me, I think that that would actually be pretty. That would be pretty fun to do, and we're, like I said, again, you're looking at something so like a fraction of the price, and you're also, in my opinion, you're looking at something that there's a lot less. Let's say gadgets, nicks and nacks, and stuff like that that are in there. There are some, obviously. Oh, but of I mean, course. If you're comparing it to a side by side, like there are a lot of things that that can be fixed on the spot. Like I mean it's not it's not a, it's not a devil's plan you know what i mean like it's it's pretty easy and uh no this is something that uh i think like you said it's it's just for an adventure seeker it's something that that definitely can be can be easily done yeah obviously we've all had our, our moments at you know one, two in the morning, hearing, bah, bah. oh, yeah, saying that. And then and we, we go get like, on bro. the bike. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've all had those moments. I've been that guy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> been <that> guy. <laughs> I've been the
1: guy on the outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You were the but, one on the outside. <laughs> but you know, right. with with our, 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 you know, name of the topic, Adventure Seeker, you got to see, you know, there's there's in my opinion there's three categories on this there's like the competitive level there's the recreational level and then there's the the actual adventure level and i mean if you look at the bikes they're i in my opinion two of them are very similar i find that the the competition and the recreational sectors of of motorcycle off-road motorcycles are kind of close uh Competition, obviously, you have, you know, like better suspension, better parts on there, meaning, you know, stronger, tougher, uh, you know, but also double the price of the recreational. Uh, usually competition, you have larger engines as well, uh, which, you know, you're, you're competing. So you need all that uh, compared to the recreational. Now, if you fall in the adventure category, that's where I find you really see the bike change. Uh, your 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 seating position, your everything kind of kind of switches up a little bit here. Um, you have a larger fuel tank for longer rides. You have the capability of adding, you know, saddle bags and and luggage compartments and you know a lot of different things that's that's not in the competition and or recreational.
0: Yeah, well that's what I was gonna to say too there, like the the adventure one, like you're saying. And that's one of the things I wanna do. Like you said, a saddle like I don't wanna put like a you know, those like old school leather saddlebags. No no, like no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. The no, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but the thing <laughs> is
1: too, is is when you go into the adventure ones, is that what I find nice with them is that you can license them and take them out, down the road as well. So you're actually using it as a vehicle. You know what I mean You're, you you can go to work or you can go to your in-laws or you can you know you can use it for for other than off-road adventures like I have uh my wife's uh, uncle who I mean travels all over North America with his with his Goldwing okay he's been to Alaska and down Route 66 and he's done all kinds of crazy stuff on his on his Goldwing him and his wife he also recently bought a BMW adventure bike. And he lives in Montreal, which is, you know, or outside of Montreal, which is an eight-hour drive from he- from Bathurst. And I've seen him multiple occasions pre-COVID leave there alone on his adventure bike, drive to Bathurst, and then actually do something called the Fundy Adventure Rally which is in Fundy National Park, New Brunswick. Uh, it's sponsored by BMW and Honda and KTM and all those major brands. And it's a week-long adventure rally for the beginner to the expert to the pro. Uh, and they they have like, you know, you pay a registration and they have like these courses and you can test out bikes and you can like there's, there's level A, B and C. I think ABCD actually. A being the easiest and D being the hardest uh, for the courses. And you, you, like you're like you on an adventure rally for the entire weekend. And this is like a big, big event. Like there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of people that make it there. And I always found that cool thinking, you know, those bikes. I always figured those bikes were for people around town and that would go in the woods, you know, here and there. Or they would truck their bikes to wherever they're going. And, like, I mean, he's doing a thousand kilometers on that bike. Just to get to the rally, and and that's just one guy. There's a bunch of them doing that, and I found that that's what I kind of found interesting. I always was interested in getting into those, just because I could use it to go to work and could go, you know, I could take it for a spin downtown.
0: Exactly, and not just that, but it's like the way that I look at it, something that I would really, I would love doing, is like, it's pretty much doing like a portage with it. I would say. Yeah, yeah, no, like for really sure. just setting it up with some jerry cans on the back or something like that and, and saying, okay, I got some extra fuel to be able to get, you know, to wherever, or get back, whatever. Having your, your backpack with, you know, filled with a hammock or something like that in the back of it and so on and so forth, uh, your fishing gear, whatever, and just heading straight out into the woods. But being able to not just say like, okay, I'm going to stop on the side of the road, hit a trail on foot, it's like, I'm gonna hit these trails like with the bike. With the bike. The bike's making and, it to the top of the mountain type thing. Yeah, exactly. And getting there and and you know, setting up camp, being able to set up camp and everything like that, right beside the fishing hole. You know what I mean? Like it's just that's what I see it as. It's versatility. And that's what I see it as, you know the kind of like the, that that extra little kick ahead of of a side by side or a
1: four wheeler. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, for sure. And that's why, like I say you know, we've noticed that we've been doing a lot of hunting and fishing topics, and we want to bring this one in here both for ourselves uh, because, one, it's something that, like I said, interests you. I have a little bit of history in it, and I still have an interest in it. I know a lot of people that are in there, and, and some of my friends are going to be listening to this, and they're going to say, oh, now you're getting back into it, and they're going to be pushing me even harder to get back into it. Uh, which it might not be the greatest thing because then, you know, peer pressure and everything, (laughs) but also for our sponsor, uh, we figured, you know, last season, he had given us a product that he wanted us to feature. Uh, he did not give us anything like that this year. Uh, and I mean, it, it just kind of fell into place and you know, we, our our product of the day will be one of Yamaha's products. He did not, Ask us to do this, so we're we're gonna do this after. Uh, but on my my opinion is there's so much out there to do with you know adventures for anybody. Uh, and and if you're interested in any of this, there's so much information. There's so many, you know, YouTube videos and, and how to choose what you want to do and the right equipment, and there's like groups and forums and all kinds of stuff for this. And You know, there's so much you can do and, you know, it's just so interesting and I I hope to be able to get into this one day, probably not before you or
0: at the same time as you, but I'm hoping that this will happen. Yep. No, definitely. And uh, if we look into product of the day, then in that case, it is the 2021 TTR230. Which is the from uh, off-road, from Yamaha, which is the off-road recreation category, uh, retailing at $5,099, uh, which is a very affordable price in my own opinion, oh, because out definitely. of it, almost everything that I've seen out of all other companies are practically double the price of that.
1: <laughs> yep. And I mean, we understand that, like we mentioned, it is in the recreational, uh, meaning that it's, you know, a, a, a nice mid midpoint, uh, motorcycle, in my opinion. Uh, I've ridden the older versions of these before. Uh, again, when, when I used to race, I was in the competition uh, motorcycles. But a lot of stuff comes off of this as well. So, But like you say, at, at 5100 I mean, it's a very, very nice entry-level price, in, in my opinion. And uh, I know you're going to go over some of the topics there, but the, the, <laughs> the specs, but...
0: No, definitely. Well, I mean, I'll go over some of the specs, and if you want to go over some of the other specs as well, then we can go with that. Uh, I'm just going to really generalize into the engine compartment of it. So we're looking at a two-two-three cc SOHC two-valve four-stroke power plant, in uh, motor engine. Uh, it's air-cooled as well, and uh, what it is is uh, well, how they consider it is they consider it a like an ideal intro to intermediate. Uh, rider type of uh, a motorbike uh for for I mean all those that are interested in knowing about it it is only available in blue so you do have what they call the racing blue uh it's really like i said it in my honest opinion i think it's kind of just like that like all around kind of thing if you're just looking for something to plink around the yard or go out back and in the back roads whatever for the price can't really go wrong with that and uh definitely like well like you said if you want to continue on some of the well exactly what
1: what i see what i see this bike being you know it seems like something that anybody can can get on and ride you know whether you're a long time rider or a new rider uh it has a lot of nice things you know it's got a low seat height it's smooth it's torquey for the size of, of bike it is you know what i mean it's it's you're still going to get an experience out of it. You're still going to get, you know, fun out of it as an adult. It's not like a, a, a kid's bike. If excuse the, uh, the expression, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it does have electric start, which is, you know, great. Um, but generally it's, it's still built, you know, we, we say it's, It's a nice price point. It's not built cheap. We're not trying to say that it's still, you know, a Yamaha quality product. Uh, it's just a Yamaha warranty. Yeah. It's just there for everybody to start off with. And if this was ever something that interested you, I highly recommend checking this out because of everything it has at the price it has. It's just great. It's a great product. Uh, like I say, I've ridden the older versions. I mean, you're, you're not competing, you're not racing these things, you're not jumping them through the, you know, it, it's, it's great for the off-road adventure, not the competitive racer.
0: Definitely. So with that said, once again, this is the Yamaha 2021 TTR230. Um, again, this is, this is a product that is backed by our sponsor, which is West End Sports in Beresford, and uh you can definitely go and you know go and talk to them definitely go in and they'll probably be able to give you all the information required on these this type of uh, vehicle uh, and definitely they'll be more than happy to give you all the information regarding this vehicle and more, because like I said, we suggest, like we brought this one to the table, but they probably have so much more that they can offer for you guys definitely. and definitely at a awesome and great price as well. Uh, once again, this is also backed by the Yamaha guarantee. So, I mean, you're looking at something that is definitely worth the talk, um, and with that said, we looked into both our topics. This is, again, a huge thank you, again, that I'm going to shout out to our sponsors. I said West End Sports, but we also have Little River Polyculture, um, which is also, also our sponsor. Another thing, too, that I'd like to suggest, well, mention out, uh, obviously, uh, Matt and I have been talking through the grapevines a little lately about... Uh, Maybe getting something out for you guys, like in a terms of a monthly care package of some sort. Uh, we'll be putting up a post uh, soon enough on Facebook to know your guys' opinion on that and mm-hmm. what you guys think. If you'd be interested in it, give us a shout out or anything of the sort. If you have suggestions, we also ask that you do the same. Uh, we also have our uh, our Vesper Moonshine Rods. Uh, competition well contest yep that we'll be doing the draw that we'll be doing soon enough which we'll be getting out there for you guys and once again also a uh, huge thank you to all those that participated in our last uh, draw that we did our last giveaway those so prizes
1: like, are are on their way out as we speak definitely definitely and uh no definitely we we appreciate everything we hope to have more feedback and uh hope to hear from you guys soon
0: Yep so we'll see you guys uh see you guys later be safe out there cheers cheers